Welcome to the King Peppersnake Show with your host, King Peppersnake himself, Harry J. Riley. Welcome everybody to the King Peppersnake Show. I am your host with an adequate amount of the most, not all of the most, but a very adequate amount of it. Harry J. Riley. Put that in your booty hole. Why is it not in your booty? I hope everybody's having a great weekend. I had fun Wednesday and Thursday over on the west coast of Washington State. Had a show in Marysville at Hidden Wine. No, Hidden Vine. Yeah, Hidden Vine. And I had another show at the Ten Room Theater in Buren. Buren. I hope I said that right. Had a, a great time. If you saw it and you're coming over to listen to this podcast, it's not going to be uh, filled with antidotes. Antidotes. I can't even speak. Why am I doing a podcast? Uh, little stories. There we go. I got it. About uh, my daughter. It's just going to be uh, silly stuff. Stuff that's not really that important. This week's list. Brought to you by Riley's Photography. That's just me with a camera around my neck. Uh. My five favorite spots in Seattle to take photos. Every time I go to take photos, I often find myself going back to these spots uh, or they're uh, my uh, favorite subjects to uh, photograph. Uh, So without further ado, let's get in. Oh, no, 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 no. Before I do that, um, I'll be in the Tri-Cities, March 12th through the 14th. Yes. I'll be at um, Joker's Comedy Club in uh, Richland, Washington. So if you are in that area, please come out and see me. Uh, you've probably seen advertisements all over your social media if you live in that area. So uh, come on, man. Come see a brother. And without further Ado. Let's check out the box office results for the weekend, February 21st through the 23rd. And number one, Sonic the Hedgehog. It was number one for a second straight week. It made $12.1 million. It's made $106 million altogether. So, uh, I, I want to go see it, but I just haven't had a chance uh, yet, but I want to go see it. Uh, number two, a new movie, The Call of the Wild, the Jack London um, book. Um, turning into movie, 24, well, turning into another movie, $24.7 million on its first weekend. Uh, number three, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. 
I can say that, but I can't say antidote. Uh, 6.8 million. It's made 72 million. I know they're disappointed in that bad boy. Speaking of bad boy, number four is bad boys for life with 5.8 million. It's almost made $200 million in the United States. And number five, Brahms, the boy two, $5.8 million. I bet you they thought it was going to do better, but people are tired of um, dolls that are doing spooky shit. So it only did those numbers. Uh, Rounding out your top 10, number six, Fantasy Island. Number seven, 1917. Number eight, Parasite. It's been, it's been in the um, weekend box office uh, for 20 weeks. Uh, number nine, Jumanji. And number 10, The Photograph. <laughs> That's your um box office results for this week. Um, I think you should go see uh Sonic the Hedgehog. Unless you want your animals to be realistic, then you should probably not see the Call of the Wild because they 3D animated that dog, which I don't understand. But you know whatever. Top five list for this week. My favorite places in Seattle, Washington, in which to take photographs. Um, if you don't know, I love photography. Um, I picked uh, I picked mainly um, spots, landmarks, or uh, places where you don't have to um, have a special lens or anything like. Uh, I do a lot of wildlife photography when I go over there. So, but you know, not everybody has a, a 200 to 600 millimeter lens to go out and take photos of an eagle's butthole. So instead of uh, telling you what, you know, nature places to go check out, just places where you, if you wanted to, you can just grab your phone and go out there. Uh, Number five, uh, Pike's Place Market. I love this place, man. Even though if you're coming from the, the backside, you got to climb 3,000 uh, stairs. So I like to come from the, the side with, with all the buildings, the, the front side, I guess you could say. Uh, that's the place. I You know, so by the time I get up there, I'm not like all out of breath and my legs are tired and I don't want to walk around. A lot of people want to catch the uh, the fish flying, man. I I mean, yeah, but I also don't like the smell of um seafood. So, um, when I can, I uh, I, I just take photographs of the surrounding area around it. And I'm not talking about just in the pipes. There's cool things around there. I don't like the bubblegum wall, so I'm not. That's just nasty. Um, but I will check out like, uh, everything else around there. A little comic book, um, shop that's down there. Um, they have a magic shop that's down there. I, I really like all that stuff. Uh, number four, the Fremont troll. No matter how many photos of I, I take of this thing, I just keep finding myself going back there and checking it out. You know, 
Sometimes I go back, you know, different times a day. I want to go. I want to go there during the night. Just um. Just go there during the night and light it with uh, like a flashlight or a flash, and see uh, how that would look. Um, I I I just I, I like just weird little uh, little intri intricate little things about a town, and uh, the Fremont Troll is definitely one of those things where I'm like I, I just like it. Number three, Gasworks Park. Uh, last time I was out there and I took photos of this place, I went to, uh, I went out to, um, uh, on one of those duck boats. And I didn't know that that's where they were going. Um, we just decided, you know, to hop on one and they went out there. I didn't get to go that close, but it was, amazing to just see it's like a gas works it's like a old like building that's just rusted beautifully so it's got this um burgundy brownish red type of um color to it and uh depending on when you go especially if the sun's out it's really nice like in the in the um early evening so uh yeah Number three, Gasworks Park. Um, number two, any ferry ride. I probably should have made this number one because it's a little more um, intricate than my uh, number one. But every time I get on the ferry ride, you're at least going through like nice uh, landscape opportunities. Um, I've been to Bainbridge Island. Damn it, I went to, I went to another spot too, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head and uh, you can you can drive you can most islands you can drive to I think you can't drive to if I remember correctly Vernon Island if that's the name of it we did a show out there uh, a couple years back for the Seattle um, comedy competition and uh, I don't think you can drive there uh, so you got to take a fare, but it was like all of these, um, rides, man, it's, it's just glorious. And, um, it's always great opportunities. The only problem is I would suggest you, if you're going to hop on a ferry that you do it during the, uh, the summertime when it's a little warmer, because that water, man, if it's, if it's, uh, like in the thirties, that water, man, it's, cold and the wind is coming at you that's a lot to take in um and number one our number one spot that i like to take photographs is the waterfront uh in uh downtown seattle like if, if you don't mind walking, you can basically just go to like Pioneer Square. There's a lot of um, things there to phot photograph, buildings and uh, artwork. Um, I like the um, the sculptures with the um, with the titties hanging out. And you can just walk right down to the uh, to the waterfront there, and there's lots of um, shops, and you can get a nice shot of the uh, 
a Ferris wheel. Uh, and there's always something going on there where, uh, where it's a um, photography opportunity. Um, uh, seagulls fighting over one weird um, piece of bread. I mean, just, you know, just something. Uh, and, and because of how uh, Seattle's kind of backed up on it, on the um, waterfront, uh, you got all these shops and, um, and, and, and restaurants that you can also, if, if you like food photography, you can go in there and uh, take photographs of. So I always find myself, um, especially during the summer when I'm, uh, if I got a day off from doing shows and I just want to go hang out somewhere, I, I usually end up at the waterfront if I want to stay in town and not um, go uh, take photographs of um, wildlife or anything. So that's my top five. Number five, Pike's Place Market. Number four, Freeman Troll. Number three, Gas Works Park. Number two, any ferry ride. Just hop on a ferry. See where it takes you. And number one, the waterfront. I know it might not be as grand as the other ones, but that's my list. Um... Let's talk real quick about, you know, and and I think you could qualify this as my um, pessimist segment of the week. Uh, and it's going to be political, so if you don't want to hear it, you can turn the podcast off right now. And uh, I'm, I'm so disappointed in... And how in in politics in this country, and one thing that I've learned as as um being an adult, I've been an adult for a while now, about three or four years. Uh, what I understand now is that the way things are, what we have, the way politics works, the way. Uh, um, we are being represented in, in government is our own doing. We made it this way. And I find it, I always find it weird when you have a group of people who's, you know, who will scream, well, this is wrong. And this, this, and this is wrong. It's like, well, we basically created a scenario where, uh, um, the government can go about not taking care of his most vulnerable people. Uh, the entire um, basis of a government is the is the welfare of its citizens. That's the entirety of government. I don't know when in uh, um, discourse of government someone just said, Hey, government is just a bunch of laws that you got to follow. There's an agreement when you come, when, um, when you form a society, the people in power are supposed to do what is right for the citizens 
in order to have control over them. That's the, that's the deal. That's the deal. The citizens give taxes, resources. If, if you know, if you don't want to um, say taxes, citizens give resources to a government and a government is in turn supposed to make sure that someone can't just walk into your house and steal your dog. That's the entire, that, 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 that's a simple man's way of explaining uh, government. But it seems as though people tend to forget, probably in the process of just trying to live, people forget that. And people, I think, stop demanding things from their government, especially because um, it's corporations and other entities that want to exploit people more and more realize that you can do so by having the populace basically help you draw out uh, measures to keep them down. Uh, for instance, let's go, let's go way far, far back to when, um, cars were just a thing. Um, when cars were just a thing, you could just cross the street whenever you cross the street, whenever there was not a crosswalk, there was not a sign that said, slow down people coming and people would get hit all the time. And people would blame car manufacturers. And so car makers, decided, hey, let's make it, let's turn this around. So they started campaigns and came up with a term called jaywalking. Jay apparently was like a racial slur for some, I can't remember, I think it was something about, something, it probably had something to do with an Irish person. There's a lot of weird um, slurs for Irish people that, um, for Irish people and Roma people, there's a lot of slurs for them that we just kind of, we just kind of do now. We just kind of say it. Um, and so what ended up happening was instead of car manufacturers getting the heat for um, not doing anything to help stop uh, vehicle collisions, vehicle and pedestrian collisions, it turned to um, you being ticketed for crossing the street when you weren't supposed to. Those are the types of things I'm talking about. That, like, uh, uh, industry being able to influence society in a way that ultimately uh, hurts society. Now, I'm not saying not having crosswalks and just crossing whenever you can is... Uh, a detriment, but the onus was always on the car makers to try to make things safer, not uh, not put the blame on somebody just trying to cross the street when cars weren't really a known thing at the time. Um, there, you know, there, there's other examples. Um, white co white collar crime. That's a big example of how uh, of how uh, an industry or a corporation can influence our laws. Um, think about it now. 
if you break into a house and if you just break into that house, breaking and entering, you could serve jail time. There's a good possibility you could serve jail time. If you steal anything out of that house, you probably have to serve jail time, unless it's your first offense or something. What's the most that a burglar is taking out of an average house? A couple grand? Now think about all the white-collar crime out there that doesn't affect just one person. It affects many people, and it's usually to the tune of millions or billions of dollars and these companies will either get fined, if it's a corporation, they'll probably get fined. If it's uh, um, if it's actually found that the person running the corporation um, actually had a hand, well, they have a hand in it, but you know more directly the cause of the offense they will usually end up having to either pay a fine or a really light sentence. We got people sitting in jail right now for possession of controlled substances. Not, not, not for just um, possession to distribute, which is, you know, a, a, a different offense altogether, but just possession. And they're in jail right now. And we have corporations like, you know how many um, class action lawsuits I'm usually involved in a year? Last year I was involved in like five from corporations doing stupid stuff. And all they have to do is pay out a couple million dollars. They pay out millions of dollars, which sounds like a lot if you're a person, but to a corporation, if they made $5 billion, off of this illegal endeavor, but only have to pay $20 million in fines, then overall they made a profit to be illegal. So why would it stop them from doing so? Because they, because they go and fund, they will go and lobby with senators and representatives to help get laws passed that will kind of ease the punishment if they get caught for doing anything illegal. Look at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo created all these fake um, bank accounts so they could prop up their numbers. And yeah, they have to serve, they, they, they got a fine. I think the CEO had to step down. But nobody's going to jail. Look at um, VW. They were lying about their diesel um, engine compliances. You know, they were cheating on the test. They had to pay $200 million, but they were doing this for a deck for, for like a decade. They sold millions of cars in that time. They made billions of dollars. So 200 million might be a steep fine, but it's still just a drop in the bucket to the billions and billions that they made. And so it amazes me when I see people who are on social media, when uh, 
you're talking to them who are so gung-ho about a candidate to the point where their faults and flaws aren't even visible to them. And I, I, I kind of compare it to a sports team, someone's favorite sports team. We, we've all heard it. During football scene, some people are like, oh, man, they didn't call that holding call. We could have went if it wasn't for that holding call. We always get... We always get the wrong end of a call. Then when their team is caught doing something, oh man, that wasn't that, that wasn't what that was. And that's the same thing that they're taking into politics. And that's dangerous. Because right now, there are people sitting in office who should not be in office. We don't even have to name names. You can think of 10, 15, 20 people who should not be in office, who are in office, and the only reason why they're still in office and hard to get out of office is because these uh, they have a group of people who act as though they can do no wrong, and I feel like that's dangerous, very dangerous, and that's why we are in the spot that we're in. We deserve Trump. People act like, oh, man, how did Trump win office? No, Trump won office because uh, there's a group of people who saw a black person win office, had eight years of, of a black person, and there was about to be a woman who had a shot at winning. And people said, you know what? Well, not everybody. You know what I mean. Like more conservative people like, you know what? I don't give a damn that out of those two evils, at least one has actually done the paperwork to be evil and the other one is just a cartoon supervillain. And I find that weird when the things that Trump does, people will say, you know, everybody's all, everybody's, people find a way to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. A lot of people, people who are on his side, and I'm, and it's, it's to the point where I'm, I'm guessing that it's Stockholm Syndrome. It has to be. What else could it be that people are willing to ignore so many things just because it means their team is winning the, or they, they find themselves a, as a conservative so a conservative is in office so they don't care about anything, all the wrongs just as long as, you know, other conservative ideas are, um, are um, pushed. And I would consider myself... Um, more liberal. I don't think of myself as a liberal, but I do have a lot of liberal uh, thoughts and ideas. But I can't see myself just voting for, uh, let's say, just voting for, uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think of a really, like, bad Democrat, you know, just just think of whoever you think is the super um, bad Democrat 
vote just voting for them just because they can win and that's all I want is for somebody to win because it, it in the end it's not going to make your life better as a matter of fact it's made a lot of people's lives even even worse I think that's enough of me talk about politics I'll make sure next week that when I get on my high horse, when I get on my soapbox, it'll be about something more ridiculous. Okay? Hey, man, come check me out March 12th through the um, 14th at Joker's Comedy Club. You can always hit us up at the King Pepper Snake Show at yahoo.com. I am on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, even got a TikTok. I'm not doing too much on TikTok because I don't really know what that is. I I'm still trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to do. Um, until then, though, take care. I love all you guys. And have a great week. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the King Pepper Snake Show. Please visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, don't eat the yellow snow. Bye.